Hi everyone. I want to talk to you about when the kingdom of heaven draws near. When the kingdom of heaven draws near. First of all, I thought I'd just point this out. It's my black eye. I came off my bike nearly a week ago. Um, I am fine and the bike is fine. So I just thought I'd share that with you just in case you spend the next 10, 12 minutes kind of not listening to me, but looking at my eye and wondering what had gone on. So the kingdom of heaven drawing near. We're in Matthew chapter four. I'm going to read verses 12 to 17 to us. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So the first thing I want us to think about is the world that the kingdom of heaven comes near to. I was struck when reading this passage about how Matthew roots the beginning of Jesus' public ministry in kind of the real world, um, in the politics and in the pressures of the real world. And it's the amazing thing of how God works. He works in our world as it is and through our world as it is. So we begin the passage by hearing that John has been arrested. He was arrested for calling out Herod about his marriage. And then we hear that Jesus withdraws to Galilee. And what's happening there is that we're just being reminded that God's purposes are being worked out under the rulers of the day, the pressures of the day, within the culture of the day. And this has always been the way. So Jesus withdraws from Judea. Uh, where Jewish culture and power and authority would have been at its highest, near Jerusalem, near the temple, and where if he had started his public ministry, he'd have faced the most pressure and most uh, scrutiny initially. Uh, But he withdraws to Galilee, where Herod is actually in charge. Herod, who's put his cousin in jail. Now, initially, Herod isn't going to pay any attention to Jesus, but we do read in the Gospels that after John is beheaded, Herod then begins to think that maybe Jesus is John come back from the dead. So actually, Jesus finds himself withdrawing from one place where there would have been a whole load of pressure to another place where we know pressure will come. And it just got me thinking about how that has always been the way uh, in the world with the kingdom of God. The, the, the Bible teaches us that we have turned our back on God, uh, that we have broken our relationship with God. We have broken the very created order. And so therefore, the world is the way it is. Sickness, um, pain, uh, rulers, authorities and all that kind of stuff. And that it's into this world that Jesus comes. It's into this world that the kingdom of God breaks into and draws near. And, and it's in this world that God is at work. Now, I think as Christians in the West, there are a couple of problems that we have. um, They're quite subtle that appear in our faith when things go wrong, when the world is the way it is. And they're for two reasons. Number one is that until very recently, um, Christianity in the West has been lived out in a culture called Christendom. Uh, where Christianity has been understood as the kind of the norm, as it were, uh, as the way things are. And so therefore, the church in the West has got used to being 
sort of in step with culture, not being persecuted, maybe not being challenged. You know, here in the UK, we have the state church. Uh, and so therefore we, we forget that actually it is normal for Christians throughout the whole of the history of the church uh, to be out of step with culture to probably face persecution um, and and all sorts of other things that come from turning their back on the way the world is and turning to God. So that's one of the challenges I think that we have uh, in the West is is that we, we don't have a, we just don't have a realistic attitude of what it is to follow Jesus in, in a world that is choosing not to. Uh, the second thing that's happened is that Western culture, one of its high values is a good life, uh, and by a good life we mean a comfortable life. And um, theologians have noticed the rise of what they call moral therapeutic deism in the last decades, which is this idea that, that actually what God wants from us is for us to be good people and then for him to do good things for us. And so that we fall into this, uh, this trap of believing that when Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, I've come that you might have life in all its fullness, that what he means is a comfortable life. Uh, and when you run that misconception, that kind of bringing in how the West views what a good life looks like into our church life, when you run it alongside forgetting that actually to be church is to be called out of this world and to have followed another uh, another one not the not the culture of our life and, and actually to be um out of step and to face persecution when we forget those two things it, it then means when things happen to us whether they be on the micro level like a bad meeting at work or whether they be on the macro like covid um we can easily kind of doubt god or, or doubt the existence of the kingdom or of the fact that it's near we might think it's far off and it's because we've fallen into this lie life should be comfortable I should be fulfilled uh, as culture understands fulfillment. Um, and, um, you know, where's my easy yoke uh, and my light burden? And yet when we read the scriptures and when we read the history of the church, uh, we read again and again that a fulfilled life is following Jesus in a world that chooses not to. So that's the, the first thing I want us to hear and remember about the kingdom of God is that it's broken into the world as it is with all of its problems, with all of its powers and with all of its authorities and with its ups and with its downs and that we need to remind ourselves of that um, because, because then we'll, we'll look out for it as opposed to doubt it. But the second thing is that the kingdom has drawn near. So Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That near literally means fallen into step beside you. It made me think of the story from the road to Emmaus, you know, where those two friends are walking away from Jerusalem thinking that Jesus has died and it's all end. And Jesus draws near and falls into step with them. That's how close the kingdom of God has come. Um, it is literally right here, fallen into step with us. So, so in this world um, that has its ups and its downs, that has its stresses and its strains and its powers and authorities, the kingdom of God is here and is at work. What does the kingdom of God look like? I could spend hours telling you, but there are three things um, that I would love us to remember about the nature of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. And they are these. That when the kingdom of heaven draws near, that we see the remission of sins, the restoration of relationships and the renewal of all things. So the remission of sins. God sent his son to die in our place so that we did not have to take the punishment for sin 
that we did not have to face death or hell, but that we could be restored to a right relationship with him. The remission of sins. Our sins have been forgiven because of the cross uh, and because of the resurrection. And that's the first thing that happens when the kingdom of heaven draws near. Jesus is proclaimed, the rescuer and the saviour. The grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God is, is shouted from the rooftops, is proclaimed aloud to anyone and everyone who would listen. And everybody is invited in to receive Jesus as Lord and saviour. So when the kingdom of heaven draws near... People hear the good news of Jesus. People respond to Jesus with a big yes and people have their sins forgiven. Amazing. The second thing that happens is that relationships are restored, the restoration of relationships. The thing that sin does is it, it cuts us off from God and from one another. And when we have our sins forgiven, when we are reborn in the Holy Spirit, we are, we are drawn back into a right relationship with God but also that enables right relationships with one another. So when the kingdom of heaven draws near, we see relationships being restored. We see forgiveness being proclaimed, not just between um, God and us, but between us, between, you know, between one another. We see healing and transformation happen. Um, we see the church, the new people of God, a family of God made up of a wonderful, diverse and different group of people coming together in a new way of relating and a new way of being. As Paul will say, no Greek, no Jew, no male, no female, um, no slave, no free. That actually that we come as one people together, the family of God. So we have the remission of sins, our sins forgiven. We have restored relationships with God, with one another. And then the church, joining in with what God is doing, works for the renewal of all things. The hope that we have is that we know that one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to put everything right. And in the meantime, we join in with what he is doing as that process has begun. So we fight against injustice. Uh, we bring light to dark places, um, as the passage says, and, and we, we, we look to renew what has been broken. And the story of the church has always been, even in the midst of cultures that have persecuted the church, that the church has been a blessing and has been a light and has been a renewing force. So the kingdom of heaven breaks into this world as it is, with its power and its politics and its failings and its weakness it breaks in forgiving sins remission of sins restoring relationships and renewing all things how do we join in well it's the first thing that jesus tells us to do he says repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near a couple of weeks ago james talked about repentance and the christian life and what i'd love us just to think about now is the attitude of repentance, which is one that basically says it's, it's not me, but it's God. It's turning around and turning to face God. And so how do we join in with the kingdom of heaven? We, we join in by seeking God, by drawing close to God and by asking him, God, what are you up to? What is your kingdom doing? And how would you have us join in? So when the stuff of life happens, we don't respond by trying to fix it ourselves. We respond by turning to him. We do it in all sorts of ways. We do it in prayer. We do it, as Charles spoke last week, through fasting. We do it corporately together, um, talking about what we are seeing, um, how we are discerning God at work. We do it by studying the scriptures and the history of the church, seeing what God has done before uh, and asking him if he's doing it again. 
But the key thing is an attitude that turns to him and says, God, what are you doing? What are you calling into being? What would you have us do? The kingdom of heaven is drawing near into this world, bringing all sorts of wonderful things. And God invites us as his people to turn to him, to say, God, we want to join in. What would you have us do? We're coming up to Christmas. This is the first Sunday in Advent, not chocolate Advent, that begins on December the 1st, but um, Christian Advent. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of talk in the coming weeks about saving Christmas. And the thing I think God wants to say to us as a church is, um, it's not up to you to save Christmas. Um, it's up to you to ask me what am I doing with my kingdom this Christmas. And it's up to us to say, God, what would you have us do to proclaim Jesus uh, to bring healing and restoration to relationships and to renew all things. And I believe that when we turn to God and we ask him about those things, he will surprise us by what he would have us do. A COVID Christmas is going to look very different to a normal Christmas. And we could either try in our own strength, recreate as best as we can a, norm a normal Christmas, or we could say, God, what does your kingdom look like this Christmas? And how can we join in? And it's an invitation he has for each and every one of us. Repent, the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. Let's pray.